Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Isn't that weird? That's weird, man. It's strange. What's up, campers? Welcome back to episode 94 of Camp Strange. I am your camp counselor, Alex Tobin. Hey, and I'm your other camp counselor, David Stokes. And we're back to bring the spooky, wacky, weird, strange, and amusing. Oh. That's what we always try to do, amuse you guys. And uh, like we do before we uh, get into these longer stories, we like to keep you updated on any of the news you may have missed. But not just any news, weird news. And I have a story right here as um, a man puts a cell phone charger in his penis. <laughs> and it got stuck yeah, in his bladder. Yeah, got to charge it up. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, I just love this story so much because, um, you know, he apparently, here's the thing. They're always lying about how it got there. And the doctors oh, don't yeah. need liars in there. They need people who are going to tell the truth to make their jobs easier. And this guy, he, after five days of, um, you know, inserting this charger, he went into the hospital and they couldn't really find anything. And then he said, oh, he goes, my, my, my penis hurts and my bladder hurts. And they go, oh, why? And he goes, I don't know why. I just have severe pain. And then he's like, you know what? You know what? I, I think I swallowed some headphones. And they're like, oh, you swallowed uh. some headphones? And after they did a x-ray, they found a two-foot-long charging cable in his bladder. Yeah. two foot yeah and um you know and i just love it so much because it's always the same story where the guy goes oh my butt hurts and they go what happened and they go oh i think my friends played a prank on me by shoving a cucumber up my butt and mm-hmm. everybody always goes like i don't know anybody who's done that as a prank ever yeah it's kind my of my favorite is i was rollerblading and i slipped and i fell on my my 12-inch tall Statue of Liberty <laughs> toy that I had, and now it's just up there. It's floating around. <laughs> well, if that's not Liberty, then I don't want to live in this country anymore. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, it's uh, the doctor said, I've read that people <laughs> used to get sexual gratification by inserting instruments into their penis, and uh, apparently this uh, is the case. But the guy, he... He denies it. He said it was an accident, and they always say it's an accident. But you know what? Just be honest with you. This only becomes news when you lie to your doctors. Then I'm just kind of surprised that the doctors are allowed to tell people about this. Isn't there, like, patient, you know, doctor confidentiality? Yeah, that's what I'm confused about. I mean, as long as they don't name his name. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't get how that gets out. I don't know either, but, but... the doctor got a free charger, and that's all that matters. <laughs> my phone's so, never charged so better. <laughs> my my penis has a it could last up to eight hours now. <laughs> um. Anyway, do you have any news stories for us, David? I do. Um. So the first one I've got is that the U.S. military could lose Space Force trademark to a Netflix series. I literally just saw that the other day. How is that possible? What's going on there? You know, I guess what happened was the uh, the the military never trademarked the word uh, the the name Space Force in a television oh. show starring Steve Carell. Um, I I haven't watched. Have you watched it? No, not yet. Actually, my brother just told me he saw it and he he said it was really good. Actually, he really liked it. But it, I think a lot of people thought it was going to be like The Office, but it's more of like a dry satire piece on like people in government. It's, he said it's very similar to like Silicon Valley, where like they're making fun of like the industry, yeah, uh, whether it be like you know uh, tech or you know government or you know military. So yeah, I think it's kind of like more of a dry version of that. So I'm I'm definitely gonna check it out. So yeah, I don't know, but. Yep, that uh, that makes sense, you know. Uh, people don't trademark things sometimes, and uh, swoop, there it is. Got it. Anyway, um, I have another story, as this is really cool. So, apparently this multi-millionaire, I'll just read the headline, hidden treasure chest filled with golden gems is found in the Rocky Mountains. So, this guy named Forrest Fenn, was a millionaire, or he is a millionaire, and he hid a treasure chest in the Rocky Mountains 10 years ago that contained golden nuggets and precious gems, 
and uh, like in a box. And he said it was like 40 pounds full of all that stuff. And he put a poem in this book that he wrote. And for the past 10 years, people, and he said, like, this leads to treasure in the Rocky Mountains. He says it's, like, between Canada and Mexico, and it's over 5,000 feet elevation. But here's this poem, and uh, I guess people have been searching for it. Apparently, four people died looking for it. You know, I was... I don't know if that's... I was actually going to do a full story about this. Oh, really? Yeah, which I still can. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. Because I don't know that much about it, but um, apparently somebody found it. Yeah. And the guy does not want his name released or anything like that, but it said the Forest Fen said it's it's worth about two million dollars and this guy just is like, Nope, I don't I don't want to tell anybody, which is like honestly the smartest move. We talked about this in the past, like winning the lottery, you just don't tell anybody because yeah. it's you you know, it gets complicated. But he buried it when he was eighty years old and he's ninety now, and he said that um he believes that 250,000 people have actually tried to look for it and um, that that he will never reveal where he hid the prize, uh, saying that in 2016, saying that if I die tomorrow, the knowledge of this location goes in the coffin with me. So even though the guy found it, I don't think he wants to reveal the location because, you know, if you reveal that location, then if he does it again, let's say, then people will be like, okay, he's more prone to do this and that. And like, maybe, you know, they could read them a little bit better instead of just like analyzing the poem. Yeah. So I think he just wants to kind of keep it a mystery, which is really cool. This is like the DB Cooper style, exactly. um, you know, treasure and, uh, uh you know, a cool guy, Forrest Finn. I wish I was a millionaire. I'd do that. <laughs> if only I was a millionaire. Yeah. That's the first thing I would do. I'd take my first million and bury it in a field. Yep. You're like, oh, okay. You didn't want to invest that? Nope. <laughs> so uh, my next story is it's it takes place in Pakistan. And it says donkey named in uh, donkey named in FIR arrested with eight others for gambling and illegal racing. Wait, the donkeys arrested too? Oh, yeah. Got to arrest the donkey. So... Okay, so the all the people got arrested, and now the donkey is going down just because he's an accessory. Oh yeah, they got the, well. I mean the oh the Pakistan police they they've had these donkey handcuffs for so long they've never gotten to use them. So they you know they're not going <laughs> to shy away from their first chance. Now let me ask you this: he, here's the age old question: Do donkeys have two hands and two feet, or four feet? Well, they've definitely got hooves. They do have hooves, but like once a donkey stands up, what happens? Then we're all fucked. <laughs> then we're all once, fucked. Once the donkey learns to run on its hind legs, civilization is over as we know it. <laughs> I don't know. That's a day I'm I'm waiting for, but um until then, I say four feet and give that donkey the electric chair. I don't trust him. He has yeah. secrets that he's not telling us, like the Bush baked beans recipe. Oh, yeah. We must know. Anyway, um, I guess we should get into these stories. Do you have another story, David? I do not. Okay, well, then uh, let's get into these stories. But before that, we got to tell you that you got to go buy your Spring Hill Jack coffee because it's the best coffee in the game. And if you like coffee, you'll love Spring Hill Jack. Springhilljack.coffee. For all of your coffee necessities. Okay, well, let's get into these stories real quick. Now, David, as we all know, theme parks are closed as of right now due to the pandemic. It's hard to know when any of them will open back up, too. But don't worry, because when they finally do, I have the most interesting and unique theme park experience for all of you people weary of crowds and lines. Although this theme park is free to get into... You may need to drop some money on a plane ticket, though, and uh, take a little flight to a little country called Singapore to visit one of the strangest amusement parks to ever exist. That's right. I'm talking about Tiger Balm Gardens. Oh. Have you ever heard of Tiger Balm? I know Tiger Balm. Um, I have a horrible... You do know Tiger Oh, yeah. I have a horrible story about Tiger Balm. 
Um, oh, one, I want to I hear your Tiger Balm story. One time when I was a small child, my sister convinced me that it would feel good if I put it in my eyes, and I put Tiger Balm in my <laughs> eyes, and I screamed. <laughs> I think it was on a road trip, too, so I was confined into a minivan. I still, I still don't know what my sister looks like anymore. <laughs> I don't know what anything looks like. Um, oh, my God. Anyway, well, yeah, as you know, I'll get into what Tiger Balm is real quick. But um, as far as Tiger Balm Gardens, or also known as Ha Par Villa, is a theme park loca- located in Singapore that contains over 1,000 statues and 150 giant dioramas depicting scenes from Chinese mythology, folklore, legends, history, and illustrations of various aspects of Confucianism. Um, the park was actually created by Burmese Chinese brothers Ah Boon Ha and Ah Boon Par, um, who were the creators and owners of Tiger Balm. You see, uh, Tiger Balm, as David left out, but we probably could figure it out, is a topical medication used to alleviate muscle pain and joint discomfort uh, while providing a cooling sensation. Basically, it's icy hot. David put icy hot in his eyeballs. Yeah. So I thought you were going to say, like, uh, you put it on your nether regions because I've heard people do that. Oh, yeah. You know, people get tricked into doing that one. That's the old classic. Yeah, I, uh, but, and uh, when I used to throw javelin, my, it, my hips would always get sore. So I'd put it on my inner groin hip area, and sometimes it, w- it would sweat down to the giblet region, and that was never fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how long Tiger Balm has been around, too. It's like... So I'll, I'll just tell you the story. So when the brothers moved their company from Burma to Singapore in 1926, they so they already had Tiger Bomb before that, um, but they were just um, operating in Burma. And they moved it to Singapore in 1926 when they purchased a plot of land on a hill for their new business. And after two years uh, of purchasing the land uh, and creating an even more successful business in Singapore, one of the brothers, Boon Ha, began to commission statues and dioramas on the land that uh, served uh, to... Oh, on the land. He built it on land to serve, uh, to teach uh, traditional Chinese values. So for the next 17 years until his death, Boon Ha built an entire park of statues to teach visitors uh, while also selling Tiger Balm. So if you actually look around the park, it has a lot of like... um, moral stories and it's almost like if you took like the bible and just like made like oh this is um i wish i knew one story from the bible um i almost said jonah in the whale is that in the bible sure where he's in the whale yeah let's just pretend like Pinocchio. It is, you know? yeah like it's fine or or like noah's ark if like you did like a noah's ark diorama and like you put it up and you're like this shows that like we should treat nature with respect and uh, but that's more about, like, the wrath of God or something, you know. But this was meant to teach, like, people, like, good customs and, like, uh, history and folklore and be like, this is a giant snake. If you if you cheat on your spouse, you'll get uh, eaten by the giant snake. Yeah. And it's just kind of interesting like that. But it's also funny because around the park, it's just, like, a giant tiger bomb um, advertisement, too. So, like, the statues will be, like, in, in a diorama, be, like, holding tiger bomb in their hand as well, which is, like, <laughs> hilarious. So, okay. I mean, they got to they got to sell Tiger Bomb as well to keep, you know, build more dioramas. But um, d- actually, during World War II, the park was actually abandoned as the Japanese took over the hill to use as a vantage point to watch uh, ships at sea. But after the war ended, uh, things went back to normal, of course. And, you know, it became, you know, he kept building through those 17 years. And actually, during the 50s and 60s, before television and shopping malls, the park did relatively well, making a profit overall. Uh, but in the 80s, though, a drop-off occurred, and the Singapore Tourism Board decided to use $30 million to develop the park once again, adding new animatronics and attractions to try to create a quote-unquote oriental Disneyland. Uh, but they discovered that it was far too expensive to finish uh, what they have started with the animatronics and everything. So they just like left what they built, and then they touched up like the things that were already there. Because they're like, oh, thirty million dollars isn't enough to like revamp the park to the standards that we want to. So they only built a few animatronics, and then they just like repainted everything and like fixed holes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but. Even after a renovation and name change from Tiger Bomb Gardens to Ha Pa Villa Dragon World, which is actually a pretty 
cool name. Yeah. Um, the park still did not draw a crowd like they had hoped and eventually led to the loss of $31.5 million over the next 10 years. Ooh. So at this point, they're not only in debt for building all of the statues, but they're also, which is probably like millions, they're also $30 million in debt to revamp the park and then a $31.5 million in debt uh just like decline over the years of like paying people to work at the park and you know all that stuff they just like weren't making a profit but they did actually earn a profit in 94 after another remodel but the money quickly stopped rolling in altogether um eventually in 2001 leading the board to change the name back to tiger bombs garden and they provide free admission to the public so they kind of were like this is not making money but we also don't want to like tear it down and abandon it. So we're just going to like keep it open and probably like, you know, pay a couple people to like, like security and maybe just like people to help out, pick up trash or something like that. Yeah. But it is still open to the public because they wanted to keep the traditional values and like the history of it. And, you know, it, it is a tourism thing, even though it's not that popular, it does draw some people. So, like I said, the park contains 1,000 statues and 150 giant dioramas depicting scenes from Chinese mythology, folklore, legends, and history. And here are just a couple of statues you might see there. And uh, this is why I chose it. It is a terrifying, terrifying-looking place. <laughs> Not only because the statues... Like, some of the statues are actually really cool-looking. Like, the artistry is, like, pretty cool. But it's just, like, that kind of weird artistry. It looks like... Almost like it's made of paper mache in a weird way. But it was also, like, made in, like, the 30s. And then they revamped it. But they didn't want to change too much stuff. So, it's, like, a lot of the stuff is really crazy-looking. But it's... it's A lot of the subject matter is just fucking insane. And I don't know if it's because they wanted to appeal to children. Or if, like some of Chinese mythology is just like that insane. And I didn't know about it. Yeah. You know, so kind of like the whole Jonah and the whale thing, if that is even a part of a religion. Yeah. No, you know? that it's like, right. that's a, yeah, it's like a fucking crazy story of a kid getting swallowed by a whale. You're like, what is this supposed to teach? Like, where's the lesson in this? But I mean, they always find one. So, um, there's a large diorama illustrating the legend of the white snake. Um, one of China's four great folk tales, which depicts the story of a young boy who accidentally takes pills, giving him immortality, and upon throwing them up into the sea, forever um, entwines his life with the snake who eats them and adds 500 years to his life. And, like, I don't know. Like, maybe that's just folklore without a lesson, but it kind of makes yeah. it sound like you take pills to become Im- immortal. Okay. And then you th- and then you throw them up in the sea to a snake gives you more life. Didn't they make it's a very movie? Interesting. Did they make a movie about that with Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried? Seyfried? Yeah, that one. And what what movie is that? I don't know. Wasn't he invincible? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't I Oh, you're thinking of Invincible where Mark Wahlberg tries up for the Eagles. Oh, that, yeah, that's where I was getting mixed up with. That's what you're thinking yeah. of. Yeah. A lot of people get those mixed yeah, up. Yeah, he went in for that one um, play. <laughs> oh, he got white knuckles when he leans forward. Watch out. He's going to lean forward. <laughs> anyway, if you guys haven't seen that movie, go see it. It's good, but also bad. It's amazing. So um, there's also a statue of a younger woman breastfeeding an older woman as as kids jump on a bed laughing behind them and this apparently tells the importance of taking care of elders um uh, the same as they took care of you once okay hmm but i guess you know no other no other way of really depicting that as breastfeeding an old woman yeah it's pretty cool i guess no it's fine and um Here's a couple other ones I'll list off real quick. Uh, A couple other notable statues consist of a human head on the body of a crab, um, a guy hitting a lady in the neck with a machete. (laughs) Time out. How does a human head sit on the body of a crab? I'm confused here. Is it coming out of, like, the face area? Like, like, is it coming up and out? It's not just slapped on top of the shell? Yeah, there's pictures. 
No, it's like it's on like where the it's a tiny little human head where like the crab eyes are. Okay. I mean that makes um, sense. I there get are it. definitely yeah. a, there are definitely a lot of pictures, and if you really want, there's some some people who went there, and you can find them on YouTube. Um, that they go through the park and like kind of show you all the dioramas and stuff like that. But like I said, um, human head on the body of a crab. Yeah. A guy hitting a lady in the neck with a machete. Okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, what's the story um, behind that in, one? You know what? I don't know. Some of them okay. aren't really explained. I think it's just more of like a, like I said, the dioramas are like, they'll have like a hundred people in them and they'll be like, this is about the Chinese revolution or this is about like, um, you know, just like random historical things. But like, they'll have like one guy, like it just like depicts violence that happened at the time or something. So like somebody's just getting hit in the neck with a machete. Um, another one is a, it does happen. Um, a frog in a baseball cap riding an ostrich. Awesome. I don't know. Love that. I don't know what that's supposed to be. I can't get enough of that. Um, furry force animals carrying other wounded creatures on stretchers. And they're like missing limbs and shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, and two life-size humans with chicken heads who are fighting each other. They're fist fighting each other. Okay. Yeah. So, um, did you know it's fun stuff? Uh, but the thing that the park is known for is one very specific attraction um, that is known as the Ten Courts of Hell. Um, and this is where it's kind of creepy. See, this attraction is a long tunnel in which you walk through the 10 stages of hell depicting the punishments you receive in the afterlife depending on what crimes and atrocities you have committed while alive. And um, I really want to get into this because this is the most interesting part. You see, when you first walk into the tunnel, actually the tunnel used to be a giant dragon, but they switched it to like a gray tunnel now. They just like got rid of the dragon. Lame. But when you first... I know. It's kind of like, why do you do that? But when you first walk into the tunnel... You come to an impasse. You see, in Chinese folklore, when you die, you have three options. One, if you've been an amazing person in life, then your soul gets to take the legendary Golden Bridge to the to the pure land of the West, which is ruled by Buddha Amitabha and considered nirvana in the Buddhist religion. This option provides complete release from the cycle of birth and rebirth, rewarding the soul with complete salvation from the cosmos itself. So basically, you're you're not even in the universe anymore. You're like an ethereal, ethereal. I don't know how to say that word. Like being, and you're not yeah. even a part of like the universe anymore. You've transcended the universe, which is okay. like fucking crazy. Real and only cool. the best of the best, yeah. Only the best of the best can get that. Obviously. I now, mean, two, yeah. yeah. So, it, in the second one, um, if you've been, like, an okay person and did some bad and did some good, then you get to take the Silver Bridge, which leads to heaven, which was a very important domain of the cosmos. See, heaven is ruled by the Jade Emperor and populated by gods and heavenly officials. The soul entering uh, heaven via the Silver Bridge would be reborn as a god and become an Im- important figure in the cosmos. So if you've been good but not like eth- ethereal good, then you get to just be like a god. And apparently a lot of people don't get the option. I think you have more of a choice. And a lot of people don't even get the choice between silver and gold. I guess that's like very few. Most people actually have to go through the Ten Courts of Hell and where they get reincarnated at the end. So the majority of people don't even get to see the bridges. See, okay. but these two options have been become widely argued through the Chinese culture, whether it is more desirable to escape the cosmos altogether and experience eternal bliss in the pure land or to remain in the cosmos as a god in heaven. I don't, David, what do you think that you would rather choose? Um, you know, when I die, just throw me in the garbage. Yeah, that's, I was planning <laughs> on doing that when you were alive, to be completely honest. I live there half the time. <laughs> but I don't know, I I think it'd be kind of nice to see what's on the other side of, like, the cosmos, but at the same time, it's almost like, if somebody was like, do you want to be royalty, or do you want to walk through this black portal 
and we don't really know it's fully on the other side. And you're like, Ooh, it might be like really, really nice over there, but that's a big chair where I get to eat fruit and people fan me with giant, you know, plants. Yeah. Those palm leaves. Oof. Yeah. One's, one's a lock. Like I'm going to be a God, but the other one's like, I'm going to be a God of gods or like, I don't even care about gods anymore. Cause I'm like little particles just floating through air. Yeah. You know, I think I'd play it safe. So realistically. Yeah. Yeah, you want to you probably become a god, right? Yeah, probably. There, there's your fucking ego. Well, I knew it. I dude, you are you, such a god guy. What are you going to do, huh? What are you going to do, you bud? You're such a god complex. <laughs> anyway, um but the last option, um there have been no there has been no dispute over it is reserved for the bad rotten and putrid souls to walk the earth and is believed to be the worst punishment you can receive in the afterlife that's right we're talking about the 10 courts of hell right here so Mm. let's get into this so you see very few get to cross uh any form of bridge meaning that the majority of people must face some form of judgment and punishment from the 10 magistrates of hell to begin the judgment and like i said this is a diorama children walkthrough to learn what to do and what not to do. So remember that this is also made for children so they learn how to be good people. But, you know, this is kind of like one of those parenting things where, like, do you yell at your kids or do you sit down and talk with them or do you show them a guy getting his head chopped off? (laughs) Like, I don't... mm. Children respond very well to violence. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) We're getting canceled. (laughs) Anyway, so... So, to begin the judgment, a soul must first go to the first level of hell, where they are forced to look into the mirror of retribution, which will show you all the evil past deeds that you have done. The deeds that you must uh, be punished for now. Um, here you can see, uh, in, the, in, in the tunnel, you can see figures of humans shackled together in a line, um, kind of like the donkey. Um, and they take their turn to stare into the mirror at, as the guards of hell stand around with daggers and swords poking at the prisoners. You know, classic hell okay. shit. Um, yeah, that's fun. But no pitchforks. Th- I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind looking in that mirror. It'd be kind of okay. fun. We could see a yeah. movie. I'm the villain. I'm Loki. I would be like Loki, where like people hate me at first, but then they're like, oh, but he like does some nice stuff sometimes. And you he's know? so sexy with that greasy black hair. Oh, look at him. Oh, he looks so good in green. So good in green. Oh, Ooh, he caught the arrow. Oh, but it was a bomb. You know. <laughs> Wait, I'm not a, it, oh, yeah. I know. I remember that part. In the first Avengers, <laughs> like, he gets an arrow shot. He catches it. You know? Anyway. Oh, Hawkeye. So, um, oh, he gets thrown around by the Hulk. Oh, I want a big hulking man to smash me into the ground oh, a couple man. times. Y'all, I'm saying. Let's break that concrete. Oh. <laughs> Puny God. So um, the second court is uh, where the punishment begins. See, if you hurt people, I, okay, I love these because they really range all over the place from like what you, they, they group together these weird things that like the bad things you've done and you get like the same punishment. So you'll be like, if you, if you lied to your mom, if you stole groceries or if you cheated on an exam, you get your fingers chopped off, and you're like, oh. those are all so different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you'll see the list that they have. So if you hurt people or con people or are a robber of any sorts, you are thrown into a massive volcano, which, of course, is depicted as the guards uh, shish kebabing a man over a volcano on a spear, which is, of course, to get any six-year-old's attention, I tell you. Really, I'm sorry, really so straighten you get, you them get- up. You get thrown into the volcano, or you get slow roasted over a volcano. So I think, I think they wanna they wanna roast you a little bit, and then drop the marshmallow into the fire. They're like, "This one's too burnt," and they just okay. throw it in there. They don't but sear I think, you. Yeah, they, it was. I think it was hard for them to uh, make a statue mid air. So they're like, "Let's just stick him on a pole and be like, he's he's about to be dropped in there," you know. Hard to hard to show somebody falling okay. midair in the, yeah. in the 1930s. True. So, <laughs> in the 1930s, you couldn't jump. No, that's why Everybody basketball was so that. bad. Yo, I just saw a picture, and they're like, "This is like the first jump shot." Because back in the day, people didn't do jump shots. Like it was it was taught to not leave the ground in offense or defense, 
and like the jump shot was like invented in like the 40s or something like that it was like fucking crazy maybe yeah. the 30s i don't know but it was weird looking I, I saw the picture and i was like they could be lying to me and i believe them so yeah um another one um in the same you know in the same rung of hell second rung of hell court um if you are a gambler or someone who corrupts others you are uh banished into an ice pond where you are forced to freeze and tread water for a certain amount of time okay um and if you are a prostitute you are forced into a filthy blood pond where you are drowned and killed instantly no. Oh. Okay. I don't think there's anything I mean, I, wrong with prostitution. No, and honestly, I think, I think that's I it's I, a victimless crime. It could be a worse punishment. It could be a worse punishment. I don't like how they called it a filthy blood pool. Like whose blood is in there? Gary yeah, Busey's I, blood? What's the difference between a filthy blood pool and just a regular old blood pool? Yeah, it's like, do these people have diseases, blood diseases I don't want to touch or, you know, is yeah. it Gary Busey's blood, like I said? I yeah. don't know. It could be. But I'll I'll drown quick so I, could not, so I don't have to live in that experience for very long. So in the third court, if you are ungrateful, disrespect your elders, or escape from prison. <laughs> see, look, this is the shit I'm talking about. If you are ungrateful or escape from prison, like, those are considered the same. Um, then you have your head cut off while still alive. If you are a drug addict or try to get others to commit crimes, then you are chained to a giant scorching hot pillar. Which is actually one of the cooler punishments. And that's I it? Think. You just, that's it? You just get chained to a pillar? They don't yeah, I think, cut see, your dick off is, and throw it in the river? No, they don't do that. There's some more coming up, but um, okay. I think it's kind of like a we're going to chain you a little bit. We're gonna punish you, but you still Ooh. get to walk through. <laughs> you still get to walk through the other courts of hell to see if you've committed other crimes. I thought oh, it was kind okay. of like, yeah. I always thought it was more of like the the Dante's Inferno like circles. Like if you did this, you stay in this part of hell. But they're kind of making it seem like you walk through all of them. Okay, that makes more sense. Which is very yeah. yeah which is very interesting. So I could be completely wrong, but this is what I like picked up on. So, in the fourth court, if you are a tax dodger or refuse to pay rent to your landlord, <laughs> that I think landlords paid a little bit of money. Like, put the landlord thing in there. Yeah. Um, then you get then you get your head bashed in with a mallet. Okay. <laughs> Which is already what my landlord does to me. Oh, my God. Seriously. Every month. That's Sounds the first, reasonable. Uh, bring, bring your fucking noggin over here. I got a big old Playtel mallet I'm going to fucking hit you with. <laughs> um harley quinn you bitch um and if you didn't listen to your family then you are crushed to death with a giant stone which is like i don't know i feel like a lot of people are getting like fucking the shit end of the stick on this one where you're just like yeah i didn't listen to my mom that one time oh you're gonna fucking crush me with a giant stone like uh fuck they have a lot of family values here yeah, and also, don't worry, your family's there, because as a fun little present, the people who, who you have wronged get to watch your punishment, so your grandpepper and your landlord get to cheer you on as another man hits you in the head with a fucking hammer. You know, I just don't think that they, cool. uh, I don't know, you can lie to me, and I'm not going to be cheering on when a demon smashing your fucking head in with a mallet. <laughs> well, it just depends how you're feeling that day, you know, if you're I not guess. in a good mood just finished an episode of Big Bang Theory full of rage, you know? You, yeah. probably, you probably want to see somebody get hit in the head. That's true. You're like, some, you're like somebody needs to get punished for this show. And I, I don't care if it's a jingle. family member. The second I hear that goddamn jingle, that fucking <laughs> intro song, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to kill. Don't give me a fucking hammer if you're going to show me that show. <laughs> um, I will commit atrocities. I will commit atrocities. Should I put laugh tracks in here? <laughs> We may need them. We may need them. So in the fifth court, if you have ever plotted to kill someone for money or land, or if you have ever screwed someone out of money, then you are yeeted into a fucking knife hill. Did you say a knife hill? <laughs> it's a hill full of knives. Holy shit, that's cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. But you know what? They Their creative juices are running low because in the sixth court, if you have ever cheated, cursed, or abducted others, this is what I'm talking about. Cheated and cursed are a huge fucking leap 
from abducting people. Yeah. Um, but if you doesn't matter because if you do either of those, um, then you are yeeted into a knife tree. So don't worry, there has to be a knife tree too. Where else do the knives grow, huh? <laughs> Riddle me well, that. We got a hill. What about a tire swing? No, not a fucking tire swing. Use the tree. Oh, okay. Can a tire swing beyond the tree, my liege? Of course. You think there are a lot and of be a nice people there? And we, yes. There, you know, China. You know, ancient China used liege, right? No, I didn't know that. But as put as punishment on the tire swing is Sheldon, young Sheldon. No, <laughs> not young Sheldon. Is that still, not is that young. show still on? I don't know. I'm gonna have to Google that. I think it it's doing better off. than ever. <laughs> Fuck. Young but also it- Sheldon. <laughs> oh, that's the eleventh court of hell. I didn't see that. Okay, yeah, young Sheldon, eleventh court. But I will continue as David looks up the funniest clips from young Sheldon. Um, also, in the sixth court, if you have, uh, if you misuse books, have porn. Or break rules, oh, or waste food, then you are sawn in half hamburger style, not hot dog style. So it's a, you know, you, you know hamburger style and hot dog style, right? So through the hip, through the hip. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. how you fold a piece of paper, hamburger style, hot dog yeah. style. So you get, yeah, you get a, you get a belt, a belt of uh, a saw right across your hip. So you're, you're, you're cut in half, you know, your legs can be dancing around while you're hanging from the knife tree. Like a little chimpanzee. It's, it's a good time. Um, uh, I do have some unfortunate news to report. Oh, no. What? That um, as of right now, there are 65 episodes out of three seasons. Oh, my God. That is so many fucking episodes a season. And, uh, yes, as of September 25th, to, uh, 2017 to present, Young Sheldon is still on air. Um, all I, 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 I beg, I ask, I plead Timothy Marks, the producer, please just stop. (laughs) Please stop it. Also, I'm also very disappointed to find out that John Favreau, um, was an executive producer, but they do say that that was for the pilot pilot only. But John, you're better than that. John, you're chef. You're Carl Casper. Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons is also an executive producer. He just wants more of that young Sheldon. That makes sense. He is he's old Sheldon. Um and he's old Sheldon. That that's the sixty-five courts of hell that I will cover next week. Um <laughs> Sheldon gets braces. So in the seventh court in the seventh court, if you're a rumor maker or a liar, then you get your tongue ripped out. And if you're a rapist, then you get kicked into a vat of boiling oil. And I'm That's glad cool. they added the rape. I'm glad they added the rapist thing to the list. But I kind of think that they should have like a worse punishment. But then again, I also don't know how what like boiling oil feels like. But I kind of like want the sawn in half thing. You know what I mean? I want. This makes no. it just seem like I'm more violent I think than I am. But I think know. there's more suffering in. Uh, becoming a french fry than there is you know getting cut in half fair okay fair so in the eighth court if you cause trouble for uh your family or cheat during exams then you get your organs ripped out of your stomach and uh if you've hurt others to benefit yourself you get completely dismembered they just cut off all the all your limbs and uh of course these statues show someone getting yeah, they, but this statue in the seven, in the eighth one, rather than the sixth, they show somebody getting cut in half, hot dog style. Oh shit! So that's fun. They started at the head, worked their way down, which is say, actually did, nice. Which, I was curious on which which end they started at. Oh, the statue is halfway through the head. It it's very graphic for children. Honestly, I would. Ra- I think I would rather start at the head. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, it's gonna hurt, but it's better than starting. You know, because you're, you know, you're upside you'll down, die. which is another. You'll die a lot faster that way, too. And you know what's fucked up? Like, these are all, like, what's going to happen in hell. But, like, there were – I went to a torture museum in San Diego, uh, Balboa Park, and they actually had the saw, the real saw that they used to, like – they would hang people upside down and then cut them hot dog style starting starting at your your yumbums, you know? and Yeah, uh, the dingles. Oof, oof. So um, in, the ni- in the ninth court – 
if you've uh, done anything like robbery, murder, or rape, see rape again, uh, then you get your arms and head cut off, and uh, which is, you know, fair. And if you've neglected the old or the young, then you also get crushed under stones. See, I think they realize that they're running out of crimes and punishments and started to double dip a little bit because they're like, oh, we said 10 Let's just do robbery, murder, and rape again for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they reuse two of the their their old classics. And of course you do in the you, tenth boo. and <laughs> of course in the tenth and final court, uh, you are finally reincarnated and forced to drink a drink that makes you forget your past life. And most of the time apparently they don't you don't come back as something as good when you reincarnate. Sometimes you do. But uh, you know, sometimes you come back as a little cockroach. Don't uh, those things those things don't die, so you gotta wait a little bit to it's get true. reincarnated again. But, um, and as you finally leave the ten courts of hell in the amusement park, and like I said, all of what I described is seen in this tunnel. So you can see these sculptures, and they're they're pretty horrific. We'll post some pictures. But um, once you walk out of the tunnel back into the light. Um, into the sunshine, the first thing you see is a large sculpture of two giant grasshoppers kissing as human-like rats, raccoons, and elephants take pictures and point, point guns at them. So are they, they like, got a camera in one hand and like a pistol in the other hand, or is it no, some like, have photo, there's like, like <laughs> there's like 12 to 15 like red pandas, elephants, little raccoons, okay. and like some of them have cameras, like a couple of them have guns. Um, and they're just like they're they're all just watching these grasshoppers get busy, and it's just yeah. really confusing to me what this park is really standing for. And I think they're like, let's do morals. And then this one guy was on like PCP, and he's like, grasshoppers kissing, and everyone's like, what? And he's like, I'll give you a million dollars. And you're like, oh, that's his fetish. Okay, yep. I get it. So more drugs. Um, in, <laughs> in the end, I guess uh, what I wanted to say is that. Uh, we have to preserve our weird past because if we don't, it will disappear and make our lives that much more boring and normal. So try to add a little bit of strange and weird to your life whenever you can so you could tell others spreading the weird and keeping the strange alive for centuries to come. Because I want to keep that park funded and you know alive and well so more people can you know experience this this weird part of history that is just it's so fascinating i really really yeah. like it so keep where it was where was it again it's in singapore i gotta go singapore now i know it's it, gotta it see looks it. cool and like th- and there's not that many people even now like the tourism isn't as strong there oh, for that weird. park <laughs> is that weird to you <laughs> Like people don't want to take their children here to scare the shit out of them, but like of course they always have like the weird um, like travel vloggers and they go there and you know yeah. I'm very appreciative that uh, they do that because then I can experience that weird from a distance. But it's always more fun to go check it out. So maybe you know yeah. your next slip a little dollar in the donation little box and uh, and go go see yourself some horrible torture, fake <laughs> but fun fun regardless. Yeah, they're just statues. Yeah, they're they're they don't even like they don't even care. They don't like they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you could either you could either go to Singapore and watch torture, or sit on your couch and watch Shel- watch Young Sheldon and be tortured. It's up to you. Yeah, that's true. That is true. The choice is yours. The choice. But that's is my story. Yours. So uh, yeah. Alrighty. So now, Tobin, have you ever been hired for a job that was something you didn't want to do? No. Um, of course. Yes. Well, I, maybe, did you think, did you think maybe you could find someone else to do that job for you if, uh, you know, you hired them and paid them a part of what you are paid to do? Yeah, I I really don't think anybody, like, I'd have to pay them, like, double what I get paid in order for them to do these things. I'm just, I'll just do anything for, for $5. Anything? Anything. Well, this is the story of Tan Yuhi and the Crumb Trail of Hitmen. So, uh, Tan Yuhi is a real estate developer in Hong Kong. Now, Tan was a shady man in his real estate business world. And uh, Tan didn't like competition. So, uh, when his competitor decided to sue Tan over a lawsuit that was filed against him for uh, a development plan, 
Tan came up with this idea. Instead of devising a plan to become a better business owner and instead of fighting the, the lawsuit, Tan took the easy way out and decided that killing his business competitor, um, who was named uh, Y, or we, I think it's Y, Why did he do it? <laughs> would be easier. So in 2013, Tan hired a man named, uh, it's X-I, which I think is pronounced... Uh, Chi? I think it's is it chi? I don't know. I think it, I think it's I always... like more like a she. Yeah, ye ye. Yeah, you're probably Maybe right. It's I ye. don't. I don't. I could hardly say X in my language. No, I I, know, I always right? get that one. I always get that one mixed up. Like you don't know how long, and I'm still gonna mess this up. Uh, Nguyen, Nguyen, Nguyen. Win. For the longest time, I was like, oh, is it just Nguyen? It's win. It's win. Yeah. Fuck. I always was like Nugin, and they're like Kevin Nugin, and I was like, "What?" And no, you know, they're like, "What?" Win. And I was like, "Fuck." Okay, okay. So let's just say it's it's Chi uh, Guangin, a hitman to kill his competitor. We Tan arranged to pay uh, Shen or Shi uh, two million Chinese yuan. Yan. <laughs> God, you're, you're you're all over the place. You're like Juan, son. I don't know. It's a but, Z uh, and four question marks. I don't know what this is. But okay, so the two million Chinese yen, uh, which is nearly three hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Ooh. Uh, she, without giving much of an explanation, decided that uh, outsourcing the job would be a better idea. Oh shit! So she got paid to kill this guy, and then she's like, "I'll just give half of my money to another hitman, and then I just didn't have to do anything." She's a middleman. Exactly. Yeah. Whoa. So uh, she went out and found fellow hitman Mo Tianxiang, and decided mm-hmm. to pay him one million Chinese yen to uh, to kill We, and so uh, half. But yeah, so it was half. Uh, half okay. the money that Tan paid him to do the job himself. Mo was faced with the duty to take Wee's life in, in the name of the business. But Mo decided against the idea and chose to pocket some of the money and f- yet again decide to find another hitman to take Are out Are you f- Wee. fucking kidding me? <laughs> okay, honestly, I was like, I was like concerned. I was like, I don't know if three hundred thousand dollars is enough for me to like kill somebody. Honestly, I mean, I hope I hope most people would say that because yeah. you know because of the morals and the and the the laws that are you know enacted in countries to keep people from doing that. But th- these people are just like they're getting less and less, and they're still. I mean, they're still saying yes, but they're not really saying yes. They're just like, I'll just get somebody else yeah. to do it, but I'll just like exactly. Know, That's fucking I'll get crazy. Some money and get someone else. There's so many loose ends. <laughs> But, you know, Mo, yeah, he had some other ideas. So then he contacted another hitman named Yang Kang Sheng. Uh, Yang was paid <laughs> 270,000 Chinese yen, uh, which is $38,000 in U.S. currency, and uh, promised another uh, 500,000 Chinese yen, which is, you know, 70,000 U.S. dollars, uh, when the job was completed. And, uh, and we was assassinated. So now this is the uh, this is the second. <laughs> no, this is the, the where are we at now? Two, three. Um, <laughs> I think it was like woman. It was like man who wants him dead, and this then is the woman, third, and then man, and then man again. He's the fourth. Oh no, they're all they're all men. Oh, then you said the second one was a lady. No, no, no. I I believe the name is pronounced she. Oh, I thought you were saying she. <laughs> You're like, she went to go find another killer. And I was like, oh, okay. It's, it's a lady. No. I thought it was a guy. Oh. Okay. No, that's how, I believe that's how you pronounce the name. Um, so, yeah, now we're on our, our third assassin. Um, but it doesn't stop there, baby. Uh, Yang then pocketed part of the money and outsourced the assassination job to a fourth hitman. Yang... <laughs> <laughs> Yang uh, Guangsheng 
with the initial offer of uh, two hundred thousand Chinese yang and uh, and which which is twenty eight thousand U S dollars, and promised a further bonus of five hundred thousand um, on completion of the assassination. It was also noted in the article that it was not specified if the two Yangs were related or not. Um, I'm not sure if that was important, but I guess it makes sense if it was like a family thing, like he hired Keep like Keep it a... in the family. Yeah. I guess. So it. after six months of the original Hitman, after the original Hitman was hired, another goddamn Hitman came into the picture as Yang oh. decided to hire a fifth Hitman. Uh, Fuck. Ling... Ling uh, Zianzi, as uh, as the money dwindled and reduced after every hitman, Ling was offered one hundred thousand to, uh, which is a tiny fourteen thousand dollars in American currency to a to to perform the assassination, which at the end of the day, you know, fourteen thousand dollars, you know, to kill to take another person's life is really not that much money. At this point, you're getting somebody like so desperate that like they'll be like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. But they all just turn out to be cowards. So this assassination assassination went from uh, $300,000 U.S. dollars to $14,000 U.S. dollars and five different hitmen. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> now coming down to Ling, Ling also got wet feet and decided against assassin- assassinating uh, the Wii. And, uh, but Ling came up with a new plan. Instead of taking Wee's life, Ling decided to meet with Wee, and uh, and Ling and the target Wee devised a plan to fake Wee's death and uh, to stop any more hitmen from being hired. Wee um, offered to let Ling take some photos of him tied up in attempt to stage the murder of himself. And uh, so then Ling reported his success up the chain, telling Yang... And then Yang telling the other Yang, who told Mo, then Mo told Xi, and then uh, which led to Xi informing the contractor Tan that we had in fact believed to have been dead. Dude, this and... is a fucking movie. <laughs> this is like a Guy Ritchie movie. This is like Snatch or like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. This is like crazy shit. You're reading the script and you're just like, what the fuck is this talking about? <laughs> I know it's so crazy. Like, just the fact that the guy's like, "Okay, fucking time you have and take pictures of me." It's like I would not want to be tied up around a guy who just got paid fourteen thousand dollars to like kill me. And yeah, he came forward and was like, "We need to fake your death." But at the same time, I don't really trust that guy to be like, "Okay, yeah. here tie tie me up." And the guy's like, "Well, I could just kill you now," and it would be like, "I really did it," you know? It's yeah. I don't know. It's but so the story doesn't end there. Uh. We said, fuck that shit, and he went to the Hong Kong police reporting the case of said to police, and uh, they charged Tan and the five middlemen hitmen for um, intentional homicide. Oh, fuck. And, oh, wait, so uh, he never he never took the fake pictures? They did. He took the fake pictures, and then once they were done, they reported it back to the Tan guy, uh, we went to the police and was like, Hey, they, like, they were going to kill me. Um, oh, they, fuck. yeah. So Tan received five years in jail, um, for initiating the murder plot of we, while, uh, the starting five basketball team of hitmen received prison sentences mm-hmm. between two to four years each. And, uh, oh this, this strange case sparked a large debate in China um, some have connected the case to subcontracting practices that are very common in China, uh, the China's construction industry, which has drawn much oh, criticism really? for giving uh, rise to poorly constructed buildings. And so I that guess this became sense. a whole thing about that. Yeah. A, uh, a user on Weibo the Chinese version of Twitter went viral with their message that read, even killers in China have understood the essence of subcontracting their work. So I finished this story and realized it wasn't very long. So I decided to add a smaller story about a terrible attempt of assassination that I found. And uh, so we'll talk about that now. 
get a little twofer. So Jessica Sandy Booth was an 18-year-old aspiring model who needed to make a quick $8,000 to pay her modeling agency. Jessica had recently spotted a massive pile of cocaine sitting in her neighbor's house. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) She came up with the plan to steal the cocaine and sell it to make the money she needed. Realizing that the house was owned by four large grown men, Jessica was scared to steal it herself. So she decided she would go and get a, a hitman to murder all of them before taking the drugs. Oh, my God. <laughs> How much again, does she think a hitman costs again, to kill four people? Again, she's 18. Um, I think uh, her idea no. was that uh, if if she if she figured the cocaine was worth more than the 8000 that she needed, so she would pay him with that money that she made from it. Um, mm-hmm. So it turns out, Jessica's Jessica was a ruthless model who um, instructed the hitman to kill all of the men and even any children old enough to testify that might be in the house. Holy fuck! <laughs> do you think she? Do you think she like told the hitman she's like go in there and slay? And the yeah. hitman's like, ooh, I like that. You're fashion. Strut forward. that I shit. Like you. Fuck Strut me. that yeah. shit. So slay. slay. So it's we can joke as much as we want about this story because of this right here. Luckily, this hitman Jessica attempted to hire was an undercover cop. So now you can you're you're free to make any joke you want without feeling Pretty bad. Cool. <laughs> Where the fuck did she and find him? Who uh, Craigslist? I don't fucking know. She probably know. googled like hitman for hire and the, this like yeah, it's like, oh, the police, like, we've had this out here for t- 10 years, this one ad, and no one's ever, like, responded. And then, like, we got a hit on it, and it was, no pun intended, um, you know, it was 18-year-old girls. Like, fuck, like, y- you need, like, black market shit or, like, I don't know, just, like, your weird uncle who just got out of prison. Like, I don't think you could, like, Google hire hitman and, like, get a real source, right? Yeah. So uh, Jessica was arrested the moment an exchange of money was made and uh, Jessica got 15 years in prison for conspiracy and attempted murder. But what about the damn cocaine? Well, the police couldn't ignore the tall tale. Yeah. They couldn't ignore the tall tale of a mountain of cocaine. So the police searched the house only to discover that the cocaine in question was actually a block of queso fresco, the crumbly white Mexican cheese. (laughs) No. <laughs> no, no. Do you think she? Do you think they told her that after she was like put in prison? Oh, I fucking hope so. I hope that I she gotta got have them. my fucking cheese. Mommy needs your cheese. <laughs> They're like, it was cheese. She's like, I fucking know it was cheese. <laughs> it was never cocaine. I knew it wasn't fucking Coke. It was cheese. <laughs> oh, my God. And those guys are negligent with their cheese. Like, how long was that cheese out there on that table yeah. for? <laughs> Seriously, man. They they need that cheese. They should have taken that cheese for evidence. She's like she's like telling the hitman, she's like, you got to go in there and get that block of cocaine. I see them digging into it with fucking chips, and it's driving me crazy. I can't believe they're eating all that cocaine with <laughs> tortilla chips. I'm fucking losing my mind. <laughs> They're coke addicts. They're putting it in. They're putting it in their burritos. Oh my god! What sick motherfuckers! They don't deserve to have coke. Oh so my god! That's at the end so of the, good. <laughs> so at the end of the day, I'll say what I've always said: If you want the job done the way that you want it to be done, do it yourself. Very good point. And at the end of yeah. it, I'm really glad four guys didn't get killed over a block of cheese. It's Holy my shit. worst nightmare. I think Could about you it imagine? often. That would be insane. That's why I don't buy a hitman cheese. just comes in and kills four people and then realizes that it's just a fucking lump of cheese. Honestly, I would got out haunt that motherfucker so bad. God, that would oh suck. yeah. <laughs> anyway, wow, what those are good stories. Very good stories. Holy shit. I, and I did an episode on, like, bad assassins, and I didn't even know about that one. Yeah. She's so bad, she's not even considered an assassin. She's just a nope. cheese head. She's a cheese connoisseur. 
Move to Wisconsin. Go, to, go get yourself. I was gonna go, say, go to Wisconsin. Go pack go. Go pack go. Fucking cheeseheads. Anyway, I think that wraps up our episode for today. So if you guys, uh, you know, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. And if you guys want any more information, go to campstrange.com and check out all the hyperlinks for all of our social media. You get to see some cheese and some some statues of people getting their heads cut off. It's all fun. It's all so fun. And if you guys want any merch, we have merch. If you guys want to rate, review, subscribe, you could do that too on, on iTunes and uh if you guys want to email us, email us at uh, campstrangepodcast at gmail.com, and uh, we'll respond. Um, David, what else do we got for these lovely people? I got a dog collar made of crystals. Whoa, for your chihuahua? Um, for your chihuahua. I, I have a record that you play backwards, and it tells you how to summon cheese. I got I got Tobin's uh, fifth grade uh, class photo with the whole class. And Tobin's crying. I <laughs> I have bolognese. You have what? I, I have bolognese. Spaghetti bolognese. Bolognese. Oh, bolognese. bolognese. Yeah, sure. That sounds right. I've got Bowl, videos I have bowling shoes. from the golden year of YouTube. You have bowling shoes? I, I have bowling shoes full of bolognese. And bolognese. Oh, boy. Wait, what do you we have for some... golden? You have golden girls? What? I have the golden girls, and <laughs> it's recorded on a barbed wire fence. Okay, let's end it there. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we love when you guys do, and we love telling you all these stories. Um, David, do you have anything to say before we leave? Um, be careful with your fireworks. Yeah, true. And uh, don't forget to stay strange. <laughs>